If somebody really wants to do something out of their heart for God, clearly he wants the best. Like if we're just, you know, not doing our best, when we say that we're going to do something for God and we're not giving him our best, we may as well just not be doing it at that point. And there's actually some verses in Malachi where God talks about how the people at that time period were like giving him lame animals and blind animals. And God says to the people, he's like, would your governor, like say you offered that same animal to your governor, would he be happy with you? So why are you offering it to me? Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries Podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hey guys, good morning. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of P40 Ministries and uh, for sharing a cup of coffee with me as we read the Bible together. You know what, guys? I have been just lacking when it comes to figuring out a new introduction for the P4 Ministries podcast. But then I'm just like, well, I don't know. Everybody else that has a podcast pretty much says the same thing at the beginning of it. I guess I don't need to be unique every time. (laughs) But I'll be honest, I get tired of the sound of my own voice. When you sit and record for hours at a time, I'm telling you, your your voice just starts becoming like fingernails on a chalkboard after a while. And that's where I'm at this week already. <laughs> but hopefully you guys don't hate the sound of my voice. Otherwise, uh, you wouldn't be tuning in to listen to me talk about the Bible. So hopefully you don't hate it. But all right, let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus 22, 17 through 33. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B., as I literally always do. But you guys, please feel free to just read out of the version you like to read out of, whatever that is. Make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea. And let's go ahead and start reading. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel and say to them, Whoever is of the house of Israel or of the foreigners in Israel who offers his offering, whether it is any of their vows or any of their free will offerings, which they offer to Yahweh for a burnt offering, that they may be accepted, you shall offer a male without defect of the bulls, of the sheep, or of the goats. But you shall not offer whatever has a defect, for it shall not be acceptable for you. Whoever offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to Yahweh to accomplish a vow or for a free will offering of the herd of the flock, it shall be perfect to be accepted. It shall have no defect. You shall not offer what is blind, what is injured, what is maimed, has a wart, is festering, or has a running sore to Yahweh, nor make any offering by fire of them on the altar to Yahweh. 
either a bull or a lamb that has any deformity or lacking in his parts, that you may offer for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. You must not offer to Yahweh that which has its testicles bruised, crushed, broken, or cut. You must not do this in your land. You must not offer any of these as the bread of your God from the hand of a foreigner, because their corruption is in them. There is a defect in them, and they shall not be accepted for you. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, When a bull, a sheep, or a goat is born, it shall remain with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it shall be accepted for the offering of an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Whether it is a cow or a ewe, you shall not kill it and its young both in one day. When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to Yahweh, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day, and you shall leave none of it until the morning. I am Yahweh. Therefore you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am Yahweh. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be made holy among the children of Israel. I am Yahweh, who makes you holy, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Yahweh. I really like that God just keeps saying, I am Yahweh, I am Yahweh, through all of it. Because he's reminding his people who he is. He's saying, I am your God. Don't forget that and do this stuff because I am the one you're supposed to be worshiping. So do the stuff I require of you because if you're going to worship me, do it the right way. And so he says here in 17... 18 and all the way down to verse 25, he's talking about the different offerings, specifically a vow offering, which I didn't know existed until this this point. <laughs> There's a lot of different offerings. Let's see if I can name them all again. So the first one was the burnt offering, which would have been every single bit of the offering that you brought to God would be burned completely on the altar. So that was the burnt offering. The second offering was the grain offering. That was a bloodless offer. So in other words, it was just grain or sometimes it's called the cereal offering. The second offering was the peace offering or the fellowship offering. The third offering was the sin offering and the, um, I'm sorry, the fourth offering was the sin offering. And then the fifth offering was the guilt offering. Then God talks about a bunch of different like littler offerings, which is like the wave offering, the heave offering. He talks about um, the drink offering. And I think there's one more that I'm forgetting. But then we're seeing now that um, there is a vow offering. So if you're going to bring something to God as like a vow, like say you take a vow for God, like I'm not going to, I don't know, eat meat for an entire year if God does this thing for me or whatever. But later on in the Bible, Jesus basically tells people, yeah, just don't make any vows because you guys are really bad at keeping vows. <laughs> I mean, I think Jesus said that in the Sermon of the Mount, like don't offer any vows, just say yes or no to something you're going to do. Because if you start offering vows at that point, it's just going to be like wrong and bad because you're not going to be able to fulfill them or keep them. So Jesus was pretty clear that vows like you. Jesus was just very clear that if you're going to do a vow, you need to do it. Otherwise, it's just a complete sin if you don't do it. So Jesus is kind of just like, don't make any vows so that you don't fall into sin when you ultimately can't keep them. But in the Old Testament, vows were like really common. And we're going to see 
as we move forward into the Old Testament and into more of like the story portions of like King David and different people, we're going to see like tons of vows all the time. There was like always a vow happening. So yeah, vows were like really, really common, I suppose, back in these days. Much more so, I would guess, than they are nowadays. But yeah, God does talk about if you're going to make a vow, here's how you're supposed to do it, basically. And something I said on Wednesday, if you guys listened to that episode, was sometimes, even though it isn't in God's perfect plan for people, he takes into account the fallenness of humans. So even though Jesus is pretty clear that he doesn't, you know, God doesn't really want or need vows, and usually they're wrong, God here in Leviticus is taking into account human nature and just saying, well, if you're going to do a vow, here's the right way to do it, even though I don't really want or need your vows. <laughs> but in verse 21, it says, whoever offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to Yahweh to accomplish a vow or for a free will offering of the herd or a flock, it shall be perfect to be accepted and it shall have no defect. So any single time a peace offering was made, a free will offering, a vow offering, yeah, those three offerings is what God mentions, the animal has to be absolutely perfect. And for the most part, that was pretty true no matter what offering you were bring, bringing to God. Like no matter what sacrifice you brought, pretty much the animal had to be absolutely perfect. There was only one instance of an animal that did not have to be perfect that could be brought to God. And that instance was a free will offering of thanksgiving. So in other words, you're just thanking God for what he has given you. In that case, it says specifically here in verse 23, it says either a bull or a lamb that has any deformity or lacking in his parts that you may offer for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. Other versions of the Bible actually say an animal that has a long leg, like a long or a short leg. So when I looked this verse up, it was kind of saying that they're not exactly sure what the Hebrew translates into English, but they do know that as a free will offering of thanksgiving, a person did not necessarily have to bring a completely perfect animal, but that was only for that case in particular. And we do know that there was another Thanksgiving offering where people were actually allowed to bring leaven as well. And that was the only case, I believe, when leaven was allowed to be offered to God was for the Thanksgiving offering, because that was just giving thanks to God. That was just a free will offering of complete and utter Thanksgiving for everything God had given you. It could include leaven. It could include an animal that maybe wasn't totally perfect. It could include honey because we also know honey was not allowed to be offered either. And then um, I don't know what else. But yeah, that was the only case where an animal that wasn't fully perfect was allowed to be brought to God as a free will offering. But when it comes to the sin offerings, when it comes to um, the vow offerings, those animals had to be absolutely perfect. Because when you do a sin, right, and you completely fall away from God and you know you did, you're going to want to bring your best to God because you're truly sorry for what you did. You're truly upset about something you did to hurt somebody. So you bring your best to 
ask for forgiveness. Because imagine if like, okay, say you hurt somebody. Say just, this is a complete analogy. Let's just say you just totally destroyed somebody's car that you knew. You were driving it, you were careless, and you just destroyed it. And you hurt that person, and that was their only car. If you did that and you were truly sorry for what you had done because you destroyed this person's car, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go ahead and replace that car and I'm going to replace it with a nice car, a new car because of what I have done to hurt this person and to destroy their car. But say you were just like, oh, it's good enough if I go like find a used crappy car somewhere for a thousand dollars and I give them that. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to fly very well with that person. They're just going to be like, okay, so you destroyed my car and now you're giving me a crappier car, like the cheapest car you could find and you're giving me that as payment. Yeah, that's not going to fly. So that's kind of the same thing here with God. Even though God doesn't need that animal, he's still expecting you, if you're truly sorry for what you've done, to bring your best to him in order to ask forgiveness for your sins, just as that person who got their car destroyed would want a nice car, like a a car at least the same value as the one you destroyed. So that's kind of an analogy. But I mean, if somebody really wants to do something out of their heart for God, clearly he wants the best. Like if we're just, you know, not doing our best When we say that we're going to do something for God and we're not giving him our best, we may as well just not be doing it at that point. And there's actually some verses in Malachi where God talks about how the people at that time period were like giving him lame animals and blind animals. And God says to the people, he's like, would your governor, like say you offered that same animal to your governor, would he be happy with you? So why are you offering it to me? And then God goes on to talk about the um, other nations around the world to the Israelites. He's like, the nations around the world, they're not even worshiping me. They're worshiping some false idol. And yet they bring the best that they possibly can to that false idol. And he says, but then my people who claim to worship the real God bring me animals that are sick and diseased and lame and blind. Why should I be happy with that? That's what God talks about in Malachi. A lot of what Malachi talks about is just the hypocrisy of the Israelite people. But yeah, I mean, it kind of ties back to this, where God says not to bring any animals that are, you know, sick in any way. And it talks about the different ways they could be sick. They're blind, injured, maimed, has a wart or festering. I'm not sure what festering means or has a running sore to Yahweh. So that's what you weren't supposed to bring to God. You had to really analyze that animal to make sure that animal was perfect for your offering to God. But then in verse 26, 27 and 28, it talks about Um, When a bull, a sheep, or a goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother. Then from the eighth day on, it shall be accepted for an offering that is an offering made of fire to Yahweh. So God's basically like, yeah, the, the animal right out of the womb cannot become an offering to me. That's inhumane, basically. So God was showing kind of the importance of life, the importance of the baby animal. 
And he, he says that the baby has to be weaned at least for eight days before it is uh, given as an offering to God. And then in verse 28, whether it is a cow or a ewe, you shall not kill it and its young both in one day. Now that's kind of going back to a pagan tradition where the pagans would like kill the mother and the child, like the, I'm sorry, the mother and the baby animal, both in the same day as like a fertility thing, I think. So that was God making his people get away from that mentality of doing that. And he says, you can't do that anymore if you ever did. But then it's also God once again showing the value of life and that life was important. In verse 29, when you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to Yahweh, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day and you shall leave none of it until the morning. I am Yahweh. So the sacrifice of thanksgiving was much different than the peace offering. The peace offering was another one where the people could bring some of the meat home after sacrificing it to God and could eat it. But the peace offering could be eaten for two days before God said no more. But for the Thanksgiving offering that we're seeing here, and I believe, I think this is one of the first mentions of the Thanksgiving offering, if I'm remembering correctly. But the Thanksgiving offering could only be eaten that same night. So if you took your animal to the priest in the morning as a Thanksgiving offering to God, then you had to um, take the meat home that night and eat it with your family, but nothing could be left over the next morning because it was a Thanksgiving offering. And I don't really know the reason to that one. I'm not really sure why. I can understand why for the peace offering, because um, the peace offering after a while, especially with no refrigeration, meat just becomes spoiled. But God specifically made it for the Thanksgiving offering that none of it could be left until the morning. So I'm not really sure why, honestly. That's just something God chose to have his people do. And I'm sure there was a reason for it. But what the reason was, I don't really know. Then in verse 31, you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am Yahweh. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be made holy among the children of Israel. I am Yahweh who makes you holy, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Yahweh. I mean, how much more clear can God get with that one? He is Yahweh. He is Yahweh. He mentions it like three or four times just in these uh, couple verses here that he is Yahweh. And so his people, if they're going to worship God, they need to bring him the best. And that's the same thing for you and me. And that's my call to action for everybody is when we give something to God, let's make sure we do it with uh, the best that we got. If we're going to serve at our church, let's do it with a happy heart and let's serve to the best of our ability. If we're going to give money, let's make sure we're doing it out of a happy heart and that we're doing it because we want to do it. You know, I think, I think it's very important that we remember who we serve. We serve God, and God does want us to do things a specific way. And even in the New Testament, God does want us to follow him. I mean, we just read that yesterday where Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but then don't do what I say? And Jesus says to everybody, do as I say, not just, not just saying that you believe in me, but do it. And this is the same thing here in Leviticus. It's just all tying back where God says, if you're going to serve me, just do it. If you say you serve me, do it the right way. And that's what I think we can definitely take away from this today. 
Alrighty, guys. Well, Easter is over with, but you know, the Alive Coloring Devotionals don't just have to be done on Easter. So here's a quick commercial for the Alive Coloring Devotionals. Do you need help spending time in God's Word? The Alive Coloring Devotional is a great tool for you to gain motivation and build a healthy habit of walking with God. Get connected to all the stories you've heard before with intricate coloring pages and eight devotions discussing the days before Jesus' resurrection. Walk through this adult coloring devotional as you learn more about Christ's walk to the cross. The Alive Coloring Devotional. Come alive in Christ. All right, guys, I'm going to drop a link to those in the bio of this podcast episode. But you know what? I just love hearing from you guys. I love talking with you all. I think it's just great that you um, are so consistent with trying to listen to the Bible and read it and understand it. I really appreciate that about everybody who is tuning in. And so if you could contact me and just say hi, let me know where you're from and what you do and any other fun facts about yourself, you can do that by going to p40ministries.com contact. And you can send me an email there and I can get to know you guys a little bit better. And once again, if you ever have any prayer requests, please feel free to shoot them my way and I'll write them down in my little prayer journal. But you know what, guys? I just hope you all have a very fantastic weekend and that I see you bright and early again on Monday morning. Until then, happy listening and God bless.